everyone. Welcome to Sunday service on this lovely rainy day. It's been a long time coming. God's grace is once again raining down upon us. feels really nice and wet and great. Anyway, I'm going to be reading at the start of Sunday. I'm Vidura and this is Naya Swami Durga, my lovely wife. And we're glad to be here sharing Sunday service with you this morning. It's week six. The topic is the importance of soul receptivity. I'm reading from Ways, Rays of the One Life, weekly commentaries on the Bible and Bhagavad Gita by Swami Kriyananda. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In chapter 1 of the Gospel of St. John, it states, But as many as he received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believeth on his name. This was a passage Paramahansa Yogananda often quoted to his disciples. Be in tune, he would tell them. Delusion can't touch you if you will keep in tune. A few of you will fall, he once said, but it needn't be if you would stay in tune. Of a disciple who became highly advanced, even though she didn't meditate much, he said, she got there by attunement. To one who found meditation difficult, he said, I will meditate for you as long as you stay in tune. Truth is a state of consciousness, not a well-worded definition. It is in that consciousness, above all, that our lives are transformed. Therefore, the Bhagavad Gita says in the 10th chapter, To those who are ever attached to me and who worship me with love, I impart discernment by means of which they attain me. Out of my love for them, I, the divine within them, set a light in them, the radiant lamp of wisdom, thereby dispelling the darkness of their ignorance. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. Oh, oh, everyone. Nice to be here today. <clears throat> I'd like to start with whispers from eternity. Did I mess this up? Okay. Demand to see God in everything. Oh Father, may I behold thee above, beneath, behind, around, wherever I turn my gaze. Train the children of my senses never to stray from thee who dwellest at the heart of everything. Turn my eyes inward to thy changeless beauty. Attune my ears to silence that I may hear thy subtlest music. Breathe on me the heavenly scent of thy sacred presence. Orient-wise, I will worship thee, placing the candles of my five senses on the altar of my love. Thus I will contact thee in the first pale shafts of dawn, absorb thee in the bright light of the noon, expand in thee with the hidden glow of twilight, and merge in thee in the silver moonlight. Always will I keep alight on my inner altar the mystic taper 
of my love for thee. In one of the chapters in the autobiography of a yogi, it begins with, you have come. Do you remember that chapter? Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda, is coming back to his guru's ashram after being away for 28 days. And Sri Teswar says, you have come. And Master says, I am here, Guruji, to follow you. And he says, how can that be, you thwart my wishes? No longer, Guruji. I am here to obey thy law. Sri Teswar says, very well then. Now I can take responsibility for your life. And so it is, each one of us has come to the time in our lives where we have said, no more, I am giving my life to you. What a precious, precious time. And I'm sure almost everyone in this room, certainly those of you that have found your guru, have remembered that time when you know you have found what you've been looking for all your life. And this is the point, one of the points of this reading today. To all who receive him, And what does it mean to receive? To open ourselves to that power, that grace, that tremendous force that is the Guru. For without opening to receive the light, we can't grow. We'll go along. We might be happy for a while. We stumble. We fall. We don't know why. But as soon as you open to receive that grace of the guru, everything starts to make sense, doesn't it? Years ago when my mother passed away, my, I have three, well, I had three brothers actually, but I have three brothers, and we were all there just before she died. And then two of them had to leave hours before she passed. My oldest brother, who just passed away himself, said, do you want me to call you when she passes? And I said, definitely. So we went back to our rooms, and about 3 o'clock in the morning he called. He said, do you want to go over? And I said, yes. So we went over, and she was there in her room, and I went over immediately and held her hand, and I was praying with her for about a half hour, not too long. And my brother was sitting there in the room, I'm sure watching me because I don't think he would feel comfortable closing his eyes at that point. So we got back in the car and we were, it was about four in the morning, five in the morning. We were at a stoplight and we waited and we waited. And we weren't saying anything. He looked over at me and he said, what do you believe? It was so beautiful because you knew he felt something. And what he felt was that that discipleship, that giving over of my life into something greater, into what I had been lifetimes, lifetimes waiting for. Remember that story in, uh, in the path where Norman 
says to Yogananda, I must not have very good karma. He says, you have very, very, very good karma, even to want to know God. And you know, we should think about that a lot. Because I think we tend to get down on ourselves. We tend to see what's not quite right with ourselves. We made a mistake. We judged somebody. We might have said something not very kind. We might not have meditated that morning. Whatever it was, we tend to make it bigger than it is. And we get down on ourselves. And I was thinking about that last night. And I was thinking, it takes very, very very good karma, even to want to know God. Do you know how close? Master said we're this close to finding him. Remember that. Each one of us is so special in, a, in that way. And I don't mean to puff ourselves up. I mean to remind ourselves that no matter what's going on, we are so close. And we have spent lifetimes getting to where we are now. We shouldn't get down. We should just say, whoops, made another mistake, and pick ourselves up and go forward. Receive. To all those who receive, gave he the power. What is that power? That power is the magnetism of the guru when we tune into it. When we align ourselves with him to be in tune, align ourselves with what he's asked of us. And every time we don't, We just don't get very far, do we? We decide, well, we don't need to energize. We don't need to meditate. We don't need to really serve with that right attitude today. (laughs) But what did the guru say? He said, do this and you will know me. Do this and you'll get close to me. So we're limiting ourselves every time we don't. It doesn't hurt anybody else, just us. And why? You know, when we were doing the purification this morning and we're saying... The master says, open your heart to me and I will take charge of your life. And I I was thinking, every time we don't do what he's asked us to do, it's like we go up to the guru, we go up to our mothers or fathers or somebody, anyone, friend, and say, will you do this for me? And they say yes, and they pour all this energy and you're out there reading a book. You don't even care. That's what it felt like to me. Every time I don't do one of those things, it's like I, I lose. So why aren't I doing it? And so those are things to remind us. We were watching a very beautiful uh, movie the other day. I know some of you have seen it called Fierce Grace. It's the story of the last, well, it's actually the life of Ram Dass, but the last part of his life, and he had a stroke. He calls it, I was stroked is so sweet because to me it means <clears throat> excuse me it means that he knows there's something else stroking him <laughs> i was stroked and there are a couple things in that movie that moved me very much i mean the whole thing is just beautiful but in the opening scene before anything else happens he says and he it's as after his stroke and he's looking into the camera and he says you know, I'm Ram Das. You know, I'm the spiritual, supposed to be the spiritual teacher. He said, I thought I was going to die, and I didn't even remember God. That really touched me. It touched me for a number of reasons, because I thought, uh-oh, 
I've got to be really careful. Because Master says, you know, you're going to die. Swami says, you're going to die the way you live. It's not like we know all these teachings, but we don't live them. But in the last moment of our life, we'll quickly bring it all in. No, it doesn't happen that way. (laughs) We have to be on that track so that when we go, it's the obvious thing to do. Why? But it made me pause to think, I need to be more careful. It was so sweet and it was so humble. It was so humble. And then he says, I have a lot of work to do. Here's this man. I don't know how many of you came through Be Here Now, but I did. And I know many of you did. This man had great power at the time. He, he transformed the lives of many people in the fact that he just brought them into a greater reality. Most of us from a very hippie-ish, drug-infested background. <laughs> and we found this book, and all of a sudden, none of that made any sense anymore. It just... Boom, you just stop because you knew there was something greater. And the other thing that really touched me was that there was another disciple there, and and he's talking about his guru named Curly Baba. And this disciple was talking about him and how he met him, and he said, you know, in his presence, you are so uplifted, just as we felt with Swamiji. So uplifted. And he said, it wasn't so much that he loved everyone, but that I loved everyone in his presence. Isn't that beautiful? I loved everyone in his presence. What does that mean? It's the transforming power of consciousness. That's what it means. When you are in the company of the guru, For many of us who were able to be in the company of Swamiji, you practically can't even have a negative thought because his consciousness is so high that you just sort of go into that and you see things in a different way and your questions are different and your doubts seem to disappear. I was thinking about that little bit of negativity that we get into and how when we get into that, we're closing that door. Master said, Master said, there is a particular doorway in the vast ocean of consciousness and if you come in here, you will go deep. There is a particular door. This is a particular door in the vast ocean of consciousness, that's infinity. That's infinity. Think of all the doors. And Master is our door. And he's giving us the answers. If we go in there, we will go deep. It's a promise. And we know from experience, when we meditate and everything else can go, That power is there. That light is there. That consciousness is there. Nothing else really matters. But we have to remember to hold on, to go through that door, to hold on to his hands when things get rough. That power of love is so extraordinary. I was reading Asha's book, not her latest one, but Swamiji as we knew him, Swami Kriyananda, 
as we have known him. There, you know, you could cite any one of those stories and it relates to this topic because these are people that have experienced Swami in extraordinary ways. And as Swami is a disciple, as he is a power of love, as he has no judgment, as he is there for us. But there's one story I want to talk about today. Because to me, it's just unbelievable. Those of you who remember Ram Leela, and that would be, you've been here 25 years, maybe 20 years, I don't know when he left. He was an extraordinary human being. He was maybe my height, but bigger. <laughs> and he was, what did he do, karate, Ananta? He did martial arts. He was a hell's angel. He was big. He had a big motorcycle. And he used to be a hell's angel, and he went around and did whatever they do. And, <laughs> but he found Swamiji, and he found Master. And Swami says in, the, in this re, uh, story about him, Swami said, I had to laugh when that name came to me, Ram Leela. It was so perfect. The play of God. God's play, God's joy, you know, Leela. And, but this story, Swamiji, as Asha tells it, he had a big car back then, great big, I think it was a Chevrolet, but one of these big monster cars was called Air Force One, we called it. <laughs> and <laughs> it, was cost, it cost Swami $75. <laughs> and, but at one point he got a little tired of driving this big thing around, so he decided he would get a motorcycle. So he got, everybody said, Swami, Wait a second. And the roads weren't like they are now. They weren't paved. No, none, no, none were paved. So they were a bit rocky and uh, not always steady. And in a rain like this, it was all muddy. So I'm like, I don't know if you should do that. Well, I got it anyway. Little moped. So there was Swamiji. You know how Swamiji, he was always just so upright. So it wasn't like he was leaning over the motorcycle and he was like this. And this is how he would drive around. <laughs> He was adorable. And so he would drive this around. But one day, he had a mishap, and he crashed the motorcycle. And he got a very severe burn on his leg. And people were there, though, behind him and took him to his house. And he didn't want to go to the hospital or anything. So everybody was trying to give him all the different healing techniques we all have. And... He was being very gracious, but it wasn't healing very well. But he was there in the dome, and he was sitting there one day, and he had his leg propped up. And there were just about 10 or 12 people with him. And all of a sudden, the door opens, and Ramlila bursts in. Swamiji, you know, he said, I almost died. I almost died. I should have died. And Swamiji said, what happened? And he said, I was out on the road in the motorcycle and this truck came, bam, hit me. And I, you know, tumbled over and he said, I should have died. There's no reason I should be here today. And he said, I broke no bones. I got no scars. Nothing happened. And I couldn't figure out why. And then he was there a moment and then he saw Swamiji's leg. He said, Swami, what happened? He adored Swami. What happened? 
So I said, Asha, you tell him. So <laughs> Asha told him what happened, and he said, and he just got this shocked look on his face, and he said, when did that happen? And she told him, when, what time, what exact time did that happen? And she told him, and he said, that's why I'm alive today. He said, that is the exact time that that accident happened. And he felt, he knew in his soul, that Swami had saved his life by having an accident himself. How many times do you read stories of gurus and Swamiji never said he was the guru. Many of us felt that he may, may have been that for us or was that for us. We know our guru, Yogananda, definitely is there for us. But Swami had that power. He had that love. The power came through the love and the attunement that he had with Master. Over and over and over in that book are examples of how his life healed people. One woman said he just came and put his hand on her back while he was talking to all these other people and lifetime of pain was gone when he left. He said nothing. I had this incident in Florida many years ago and the doctors thought I had cancer and whatever. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But we called Swamiji and about three days later they came in and said, there's nothing there anymore. And we called Swami. He said, do you think that was a miracle? (laughs) That's all. But his influence on our lives, and not just to, I don't mean to just tell stories about him. I mean to talk about this incredible openness of how he received his guru. Completely and utterly received him in his life. And remember that power that comes. And remember what Master said to Rajasi, you know where your power comes from, right, Rajasi? Yes, Master, it comes from you. We have to remember where it comes from and to open ourselves to that grace. And if we do that, we too, and I do believe we, many of us in this room will be Jeevan Muktas in this life because if nothing else, the sincerity, the effort, the receptivity, the love that we have, and the grace of our Guru. God bless.